0: To thrive. Welcome to the Thriveology Podcast with Dr. Lee Bauckham. Join us as we explore ways that you can thrive in your life, regardless of what life throws at you. It's your life. Time to live it. Over the course of my life, I've had the opportunity of watching many people come through very difficult situations. I've watched it in my own family as, as people have gone through major illnesses and come out on the other side. I watched my grandparents move through several cancer recurrences, and I watched an aunt or two aunts do the same. I even watched my mother go through that and come out on the other side triumphant, not because of the cancer, but because of how they faced it. And it's always made me think about how people face those things. When I was a chaplain at the hospitals I've talked about it several times, I was always amazed at the people who came in and decided to mount their own challenge to the difficulties they faced. It didn't mean they were going to win. There's there's one key element to our life, and that is that it's a terminal condition. We are going to to leave this planet in death. And so there's no way to, of, of beating that. But the question is how we live up until that point. And sometimes the question is how we live in the midst of great adversity. I've had the same experiences I've, I've sat with person after person in a therapy office, listening to their stories of struggle and of difficulties. I've had a chance to consult with organizations who are in the middle of major disruptions and yet find ways to keep to their mission, to keep moving forward. All of this tells me that there's something in some of us that is about rising to the occasion, and I believe that's something that we all can choose. Some people maybe come about it a little more naturally, but at some point we all have a challenge, and we have to decide how we're going to rise to that challenge. Do you remember those childhood friends that you had? Maybe the ones that you lost touch with over the years. Well, I have such a friend. Nelson's his name. Nelson and I were good friends when we were younger because my parents were friends. And my parents have been friends for all of their adult lives and are still friends. But Nelson and I fell out of touch over the years I just remember spending time at their house, he and I playing, and him at our house, he and I playing, and all the interactions we had. We had one moment of reconnection uh, later on in life when Nelson was looking at grad school, and he was actually looking at a place where I was. And so we visited and reconnected, and I, I realized that Nelson had grown up to be a great guy even then. Well, he and I have been Facebook friends for a while. That's the extent of our contact. And then one day my parents told me that Nelson had been diagnosed with ALS. ALS has been called, it's really called Lou Gehrig's disease by most people, but ALS is a crippling disease that's eventually terminal. Over the course of the disease, your nerves begin to lose contact with the muscles. And so over time, you lose more and more capacity of movement, of speech, of mobility, and finally, it closes down your body. It's a terminal condition that has very little treatment. Nelson has now been diagnosed, I think, for about uh, six months or so and continues to decline, which is what's going to happen. He and his family have rallied around that situation and his friends have surrounded him, in fact, so much so that I'm very clear that Nelson has lived an outstanding life because of the community support that goes around him. As I've watched Nelson from a distance, I watch his post. He talks very candidly about his disease and how he's dealing with it. In his most recent post, he said this, I did not choose to get ALS, but I can choose how to live with it. Those to me are some powerful words that tell me of resilience and of personal power that he has as he's facing this. He had no choice about that. You see, what doesn't impress me about people is the what happens to them. There are lots of things that just happen to us that come upon us we have no choice about. What impresses me is how we respond to whatever comes our way. If you've heard me long enough, you know I love to sail. And one of the things that is true about sailing is you have no choice about the wind direction. The wind is going to blow. The wind's going to go. You have a choice on how you're going to use that wind to get to where you want to. When I was a kid, growing up, my father and I would sail a little sailboat uh, on a little lake. And I remember the lessons then that sometimes the wind was blowing right and I could go directly where I wanted to go. Other times it wasn't quite the right direction and we would have to tack back and forth which basically meant we had to zigzag back and forth to make progress. It certainly wasn't as fast as we would like, but it got us there because we chose the way the sails went. So we got to choose how we were going to use that wind. The wind was a given. But how we chose to allow that to direct us, that was up to us. I believe that's the case in almost every situation that we get to choose how that's going to go. We have choices. I think there are actually three categories of these events that come into our lives. I think there are those things that come into our lives because we choose certain things. And then there are places where we have influence over what happens. And then there are places where we have no choice and no influence on the things that happen. For instance, with the choices. Some years ago, I noticed that my car wasn't quite starting right, and yet I ignored it. That was a choice I made to not follow up. And so every now and then it wouldn't quite turn over, and then I would try to get in and it would turn over. Well, one day, and it happened to be the day that my kids and I were at a restaurant, we went in, ate lunch, came back out. I tried to turn my car over. There was no response. Click, 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 nothing. And that was the event As it happened, right there, there was that event where it would not work, but I had to be aware that I had made a choice that put myself in that situation because I had ignored the things going on. We all have times where we have a choice about things. We don't take care of them and they break down, right? We have choices over how we respond in certain situations that influence what happens next. So for instance, that that influence place, maybe the things are are moving in a certain direction and we have some capacity of helping them along in a positive way or causing them to impact us negatively. There's some influence we have and that usually is because somebody else has a higher level of power or something else has a higher level of power than we do. For instance, maybe you're at work and you have some influence on what happens to your career, not full power. I talked with somebody a few weeks ago that was so upset because they'd been passed over for an opportunity. And as we were talking, uh, I began to realize that there were some places where this person hadn't even had any influence in what happened. So we talked about the fact that sometimes you have no choice. And that was what he was telling me. You know, I just have no choice. I didn't get this position. There was nothing I could do about it. It's not my fault that I'm stuck. And I proposed to him that maybe it was partially his responsibility, partially his influence of how he moved through that situation, that it caused the outcome. It's possible that he could have done some things, and he was even able to name a few things that he could have done that would have changed the outcome. So he had influence, whether he recognized it or not, his influence might have changed the outcome. And then there are those things over which we have no control, no influence. Major disasters hit, or we get a major illness that just comes upon us. Maybe it's a genetic condition that emerges. Maybe it's a a contagious condition that you catch from somebody. You have nothing to do with it. It just comes upon you. It's what the insurance company calls the acts of God. And so they're just things that you have no control. You don't have a control over whether you're in the path of a storm or a fire or some other event. It just happens all three of those we recognize that we're at the point when they've now happened and we can spend a lot of time cutting apart dissecting looking at what we could have done differently on the front side and that's an important piece of the puzzle to figure out what to do differently the next time but the real question begins to emerge of what do we do now once the situation is there, the question is not how you redo it in your mind, not how we try to rework it so it didn't happen, but how you choose to respond. As my friend Nelson so well put it, he did not choose to get ALS, but he can choose how he lives with it. So how do we do that? What are the places that we can intervene and in how we move forward? Well, the first thing is to recognize that you're probably going to have an immediate response to this. You're probably going to have an immediate response that isn't overly positive because that's what happens when things hit us. We have shock and surprise and a struggle that often comes right on the front side. Those are the three S's of what happens. Shock, surprise, struggle. In the midst of that, that's just kind of how our body naturally and our mind and brain naturally react to what it feels is a threat to our situation. So if somebody is diagnosed with a terminal illness or a serious condition, they're going to have an immediate response to it where they're in shock and they are trying to process that information and immediately they may even go into shutdown mode. And then there's that surprise of, of, I can't believe this happened, and then some struggle against it, trying to find another way around it. That's completely natural. What I notice is sometimes people look at their natural response and they don't feel good about it because maybe it didn't get them anywhere better and and they chastise themselves. So the first thing to recognize is those immediate responses are natural. That's what's going to happen. The question is not whether to judge yourself on those immediate responses, but can you go to the next place? I think there are three central questions we can propose to ourselves in any situation that moves us to a different place. The first one is, how will I respond? And in any situation, that puts us back in control. Not how do I keep it from happening because it's happened, not why am I at fault for this happening But how will I respond? Let's say you have an illness. There are lots of ways you can respond. One is to crawl under the covers, pull them over your head, and just wait it out. Another is to say, you know what, I'm going to be proactive on this. I'm going to figure out whatever treatments I can, and I'm going to take advantage of them. And another response, which is kind of off to the side of that, is to say, How do I want to spend what time I have? I've told the story many times on this podcast about my illness, my own fear of what might happen when I was told that I was going to die from a condition I had. It didn't happen. I was very fortunate. But in those moments, I had to wrestle with who do I want to be? How do I want to respond? What do I want to do? Because there was no treatment for what I had. And so I had to face the fact that that was off the table. There was no treatment And then as I was recovering, I realized that I was living a new standard of life, what I call bonus time. And so in my bonus time, I chose how I wanted to respond to life. What did I want to do to make an impact, a positive impact on the world? And that's where I question, how will I respond to this? Not just how will I respond to that situation, but how will I respond at the end of it? How will I be changed by it? Which brings us to that second question, who will I be? Sometimes when we're cornered, we revert to pretty primitive actions. We start lashing out at people and we start allowing our negative emotions to come out and they may be jealousy or anger or resentment. And we begin to destroy relationships around us. But sometimes we can ask, who do I want to be in this? Who will I be? Do I want to be pulled in by that, or do I want to continue moving forward? Do I want to find the best ways of living at this point? Who will I be is the second question. The third question is, what will I learn? Now, trust me when I tell you, this is not what you will come up with in the immediate days after some horrible event. Whatever that event is, it's going to put you in a state of shock and struggle, You'll have those moments, but after that, there comes another point when you can ask, what will I learn from this? My biggest education in life was not in sitting beside somebody who was suffering from something. It was not listening to the stories as somebody told me about the struggles and the difficulties of our lives. It was about when I struggled, when I had to find the way through, when I had to decide who I would be and how I would respond. This is the learning point. That's not the first place we get to. The first place we get to is grief and struggle. The second place we get to is deciding how you do want to respond to that situation and then who you want to be as a result of that. And finally, what is there to learn from that situation? When we do that, we choose how we sail that ship. The wind is there. We have no choice about the wind direction. But we do have a choice on how we trim those cells. This is Lee Balkum, wishing you a thriving life. You've been listening to the Thriveology Podcast. Thank you for listening. If you want more information, visit us at Thrivology.com or at ThrivologyMagazine.com. Remember that Thriveology is spelled T-H-R-I-V-E-O-L-O-G-Y. It's your life. Time to live it.